0: Welcome to Episode 75 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Stephen. He used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Stephen, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Today we're going to talk about Tradition 6, which says our family groups ought never endorse, finance, or lend our name to any outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary spiritual aim. Although a separate entity, we should always cooperate with Alcoholics Anonymous. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of Tradition 6. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me by Skype is co-host Ruth. How are you today, Ruth? Hello,
1: Spencer. I'm fine. Thank you for having me.
0: And we usually start by reading out um, the text. So could you read it in German?
1: Of course. Sechste Tradition. Unsere Familiengruppen sollten niemals ein außenstehendes Unternehmen unterstützen, finanzieren oder mit unserem Namen decken, damit uns nicht Geld, Eigentums- oder Prestigeprobleme von unseren eigentlichen geistigen Zielen ablenken. Obwohl wir eine eigenständige Gemeinschaft sind, sollten wir doch immer mit den anonymen Alkoholikern zusammenarbeiten.
0: The first segment of today's episode of the Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic Tradition 6. Following a musical break, we will talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend and in our lives. We'll follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing with another musical break. I'd like to open with a reading from the book Paths to Recovery, subtitled Al-Anon's Steps, Traditions, and Concepts. It's uh, from the uh, section about Tradition 6, as you might expect. This tradition reminds us to keep the focus on our spiritual growth. In my everyday life, I find this tradition very helpful because it sums up mind your own business. As a family, we learn to cooperate, to work together for a common good. We learn that each of us can have our own outside interests and activities, but those cannot be allowed to supersede the family as a whole. The tradition points out that the spirituality of our program must come first, that we cannot allow outside things to sidetrack us from our real purpose. I'd like to close with another paragraph from the discussion of Tradition 6 in Paths to Recovery. Tradition 6 reemphasizes our primary spiritual aim as defined in Tradition 5, to help families and friends of alcoholics. Focusing on the activities of the group, the 6th Tradition reminds us of two of our slogans, Keep It Simple and Easy Does It. We apply these slogans by working the steps, traditions, and concepts without diversion. Our groups stay on track by not endorsing, funding, or lending our name to any outside enterprise, no matter how valuable or worthy it may be. Individuals are free to make personal choices in any issue, but these choices are left outside the Al-Anon rooms. I, I understood some of that, actually. Mm-hmm. My German is so rusty. <laughs> you know, I studied it in college, and then um that was about it, except for a couple of trips where I would stumble through uh asking for food or something. And uh, so... uh it, it sounds sort of familiar but mm-hmm. I miss a lot of it I'm sure this uh this tradition is is an interesting one and uh, one of the things that I learned not too long ago uh, was some of the background of of where where the traditions which we uh, adapted the the traditions of AA for our own use and changed the language a lot more than we changed the steps one of the places that that the tradition came from was uh, looking when bill w and other people in alcoholics anonymous looked back at some previous movements that had failed and and asked well what what was different why did this movement uh, fail and how do we prevent ourselves from going in that same path And there was uh, a a movement in the mid-1800s in the U.S. uh, called the Washingtonians, which was very similar to AA in some ways in that it focused on individual recovery from from drinking uh, and meetings where people shared their experience. But there were some major differences, and they did not have these traditions. And I'm going to read a little bit from the article in Wikipedia. Since The Washingtonians at their peak numbered in the tens of thousands, possibly as high as 600,000. However, in the space of just a few years, this society all but disappeared because they became fragmented in their primary purpose, becoming involved with all manner of controversial social reforms, including prohibition, sectarian religion, politics, and abolition of slavery. And it continues, the Washingtonians drifted away from their initial purpose of helping the individual alcoholic, and disagreements, infighting, and controversies over prohibition eventually destroyed the group. And then it, it faded into history, and and nobody remembered them. And I think when, uh, when Bill Wilson learned about what had happened to them, he said, no, we need to, to make this not happen to AA and I think the the key sentence here, the key phrase here they became fragmented in their primary purpose, they did not keep a focus on the one thing and that to me really echoes what Tradition 6 is about it's about keeping, how do we keep our focus on our primary purpose, so that was that's sort of my opening thought about um, why we have Tradition 6, did you have some thoughts there?
1: Yeah, so it's the same you know, uh, lately there was a great episode of uh, Recovered Cast where they, I think, invited somebody from the AA community talking about AA history, and they also mentioned uh-huh. the movement. And I got really excited, and you know, being part of this fellowship because I sometimes, are mostly, feeling belonging to this twelve-step community and uh so i can identify uh, myself as the uh, history uh, of aa also and i think yes uh, we have the traditions mostly also taken from the aa and in uh in this part it is uh, it means the same to focus on our main purpose which is said in tradition 5 we talked about um is to help families of alcoholics and to, yeah, support us and uh, get help here. You
0: know, I think we talked about this last month with Tradition mm-hmm. 5, but just to refresh people who maybe didn't yeah. listen to that episode, uh, what, what is our primary spiritual aim in Al-Anon?
1: Um, it is to help families of alcoholics. Uh, we do this by practicing the 12 Steps of AA, ourselves, and encouraging and understanding our alcoholic relatives by welcoming and giving comfort to families of alcoholics. I was just repeating the f- uh, five traditions, fifth but yeah. I think it is, and I can't say
0: it better. Right. I might as well tell this story now, um, because it—it it, I think it really illustrates what can happen. Um, one of my uh, Al-Anon meetings had accumulated more money than was needed for the just operation of the meeting uh, in terms of paying rent to the place that we met and uh, paying the uh, the AA meeting that met at the same time for use of their coffee and and cookies and so on and so there was we had a, a group conscience meeting to say well what should we do with this with this money and the traditional use Uh, In, in our groups in the, in the United States for money that the group has that is more than it needs is to send some to the, the other levels. There's a, there's a area group and there's a state and then there's the World Service office. And so traditionally we would send some money to each of those, but there was so much money here that people started having other ideas. And one, one person, very well meaning person, uh, said, I think we should buy a bunch of AA big books and donate them to the prison, which there's a jail that actually is right next door to the, the church in which this meeting uh, was taking place. A very good cause. Uh, a lot of people in prison are uh, alcoholics or addicts, and and it would be you know probably good to have some, some books that are there for them to use, but it is not in line with the primary spiritual aim of Al-Anon the primary aim of Al-Anon being to help families uh, of friends and alcoholics. And I might wonder, well, if they had said, let's donate Al-Anon books, whether the same controversy would have arisen. <laughs> but um, so there was talk about it, and some people thought this was a wonderful idea, and some people said, no, we really shouldn't do this. We postponed a decision for a week. We came back. Uh, several of us pointed out Tradition 6. Um, I think I actually had read from our service manual about um, where we're supposed to send our money and not send our money and and the the group agreed that this was not uh, in line with our traditions and that, that we would not do that the person who proposed it got very angry and never came back to the meeting and what i what i saw there was that had we not Had we been sort of paying attention to the business of the meeting and had been dispersing this money regularly rather than letting it pile up, this would not have happened. And I thought it was a really, uh, you know, a very burning example, if you will, of a uh, problem of money that diverted us from our primary spiritual aim for a little while. And, uh, you know, and as I said, it, it caused somebody to leave the meeting and not come back. And I hope that he's still finding recovery somewhere. Uh, because it was it was very unfortunate uh, but it 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 really uh, made it clear to me that uh, you know we're people and we can get distracted and and this tradition encourages us to uh, operate in such a way that 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 doesn't happen yes it is uh, strange
1: sometimes I think there there can't be any argues in alanon if you only you know just follow our uh, steps traditional concepts and uh, but sometimes I I really taken by surprise how people can use them you know or just uh, interpret them differently we don't have um or i never uh, experienced any discussion about what going uh, what we are going to do uh with the money with our groups We didn't had the luxury <laughs> to be so rich and uh Al-Anon here the um the overall organization is um is not so rich and uh we really have to take care for so it is uh, really no question uh, where we give the money to yeah but i uh in that regard I, I put it more on uh on a person you know what's a, what what uh, brings a single person to the meeting and um uh, mm-hmm. for me it's also important uh it maybe it's um it overlaps a little bit with uh, anonymity you know Mm-hmm. who I am, what kind of resources I have and uh so on. You know, lately I was on a convention and I I met a guy there and he was telling me mm-hmm. a story about um uh some other guy uh who who went to a country and set up a um a hospital, you know, for mm-hmm. um uh, alcoholics and was very successful because you know he was using 12-step founded uh, first 12-step uh, group there, and but then he was and I I thought very interesting story, and I was very keen on hearing it, but mm-hmm. then you know he started and he earned uh millions of money and now and he earned millions of money. And or dollars or whatever, and and I thought, yeah. ah, no. So then I get somehow disgusted, you know, and uh, because I have the feeling that this amount of money shall impress me and show me how important uh, this man is and whatever, and then. And I really mm-hmm. lost interest. And then it was for me, like, you know, somebody with a big car making, uh, the engines roar and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it's a pity. And, um, for me, that is also something where, you know, I think when we are sharing in a meeting, uh, we should also consider not to, to be too precise about amounts of money or you can talk in a different way about those things and uh, you're also considering status and not saying yes I'm whatever I'm a CEO of a company or you know or I'm living on the street Mm -hmm. or whatever if it's not Mm -hmm. really contributing uh, to what you want to talk about you very seldom have to
0: yes and I know one of the one of the uh, very strong interpretations of tradition six is that uh, we don't talk about uh, other recovery programs that we <coughs> might be in. That uh, we have uh, in the in the meetings where I live, there are uh, a large number of people who come to Al-Anon who are also members of maybe AA or <coughs> NA or Overeaters Anonymous, or um, whatever other program. And some of the meetings have incorporated uh, a bit into the opening of the meeting. Uh, there's a pamphlet that we read from, I think the, the name of the pamphlet in English is Al-Anon Spoken Here, and and there's a, there's a reading in, in one of the meetings I go to that says... When we talk about our experiences of getting sober or clean, we distract from the the message of the Al-Anon program in the meeting. And and I used to think so. Some people take that. Let me. Let me I'm trying not to take anybody's inventory here. Um, I have heard people say you uh, that that the fact that somebody maybe is an alcoholic should not ever be brought up by them when they're speaking in an Al-Anon meeting. And I have some friends in Al-Anon, it took me a long time to to learn that they were also uh, alcoholics or or addicts because they never talked about that experience Mm -hmm. ever. But I have other friends who uh, came to Al-Anon because of experiences they were having, for example, uh, getting very codependent with a sponsor in a sponsee (coughs) in their other program. And one person came uh, in tears because uh, they were not able to keep their sponsee sober and realized that they really needed Al-Anon to help them understand that that was not their job. And, and also uh, as As it came out later, you know grew up in an alcoholic home, et cetera, but to say to this person you can 't talk about why you 're here i thought well that 's that 's definitely overkill uh, i if i can 't talk about what brought me to the program it 's going to be a lot harder for me uh, to to find help mm. um, and uh, and so there 's a as with everything we do, you know, we try to draw a really bright line and say don't cross this line. And and I come to understand that as with everything that line has to be fuzzy. Um, but and and I think that the reading that we use in in this one meeting makes it pretty clear when we it says when we talk about our experiences of getting sober. And this person was not talking about their experience of getting sober. This person was talking about their experience Getting uh, enmeshed with another alcoholic, and and just the context of where that was happening was in the other program, just as the context of where my involvement with an alcoholic was in my family, um, and and I for me that makes a difference. I don't know is this is this an issue that happens in your meetings sometimes?
1: we don't really have an issue we have also some I would say double winner or you know people Mm -hmm. who are attending uh, other programs but it is uh, in my meeting it's uh, working uh, pretty good but we had um, uh, not really a discussion um, but uh, something we talked about uh, last Friday yesterday (laughs) and um, where, uh, you know, I was saying again, it is not black and white. We have so many uh, stories in in alanon because uh, there is not this fixed line you have to cross or not. It is fuzzy. And uh, we need our stories because sometimes a sentence or word is not enough to describe it. And while you were talking, I remembered when I first came uh, to Alanon it was another city, another group, of course, and my first, I would call her now, I didn't know by then, but I would call her uh, like my sponsor, and she was a very, mm-hmm. very good friend at the first time, and she was there because her uh, friend was an alcoholic, but he was a uh, heroin addict and mm-hmm. you could say al is not <laughs> for the friends and relatives of heroin addicts but they somehow have the same problem and it really yeah. she really uh, seldom talked about it it wasn't uh, an issue because the issues we have uh, are really the same it doesn't matter so much and I think if if there's a goodwill and understanding of it then yeah it is it is fuzzy and um um yeah, you have to look what what you are getting out of it and, and where you can connect and focus on that and, and then it works.
0: Mm-hmm. I think another example of, of what is referred to by outside enterprises in the tradition is religion. Uh that and I have I have a good friend in the program who was very much put off even by the fact that most Al Anon meetings were at churches. Mm-hmm. Mine too uh, because she thought, she thought, how can you know? They must be connected with the church. They're meeting at the church, and, and and you know, this is not my religion, and and felt awkward about it. And when she learned that, oh, we pay rent for the space, then that became much clearer. That oh, we're not connected with the church. We're just paying them for use of the space because that's. A lot of meetings in this country, at least, meet in churches because generally we can rent the space for fairly cheaply, as opposed to trying to rent the space from somewhere else. And uh, the, you know, the tradition pretty much blocks us from like owning a clubhouse. I mean, we have clubhouses, but they're all separate. We have a, a, a building in, in this town called the Alano Club, and there's several around the area and in other parts of the country, they have slightly different names maybe. Uh, But those are not owned by an Al-Anon group or by an AA group or by a group of groups. They are a separate organization to which the, uh, the, the groups that meet there pay rent. People can be members and get some benefit for being a member. I don't know, discounts on drinks or something. Uh, And plus the, the, uh, you know the good feeling of supporting a a cause, and each person individually can make that decision. Um, but the the groups the groups ha- only have what they really need for satisfying their their their, their purpose. That might include uh, a coffee maker. We had one of my meetings bought a coffee maker because uh, people didn't f- people felt awkward going downstairs to the AA meeting to get coffee, and they wanted to have coffee in the meeting. And we we voted on it at a group conscience, and it was. Probably twenty dollars, you know, <laughs> not a big expense, and and we felt okay with that. If 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 the group broke up, there would not be a big fight over who gets the coffee maker. Um, but religion, um, coming back to religion, uh, my meeting actually the meeting that I went to this morning, we were talking about uh, step eleven, about uh, which talks about prayer and meditation and, and conscious contact with God, and several people referred to their religion. Uh, one person said, I'm in a very strict religion and and I learned there that meditation is not part of my religious practice. It is we consider it to be belonging to Eastern religions. And since this meeting didn't have crosstalk, I would, I would I thought, but you know, did not say, well, I mean many people many Christians over the centuries have meditated maybe they call it contemplation rather than meditation but it definitely you know but I don't know what his religion is okay he just said it is a very strict religion in terms of the beliefs and practices I guess but he didn't say what mm. it is and 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 somebody else said in my religion you know I I learned that I'm supposed to pray but not really what it was for or not really about you know making conscious contact with god and and it was very interesting because we could talk about the fact that we were brought up in a particular tradition or not, or that this is what we practice now without saying what it is, without saying, and nobody said anything like, and this is the way everybody ought to do it, which I think if we, if we, when we bring our religion too much into um, our sharing, it can make, I, I know it can make me uncomfortable when somebody's being very religious and talking about, Maybe finding Jesus or whatever, and I'm like, eh, that's not really where we are here, you know. Your understanding of God, and we don't have to know what it is. Thank you. <laughs> um, and and how is that? How is that in Germany? Can you speak a little bit about whether that even sort of comes up in your meetings, or or how it comes up?
1: What I lately found out is that um, we are re- very used to to call things after the places. So so sometimes uh, we give uh, if you're uh, only knowing people's first name, we call them like mm-hmm, in the those street or living in that area or whatever and mm-hmm. so a lot mm-hmm. of our meetings and i I only found out lately we have the names <laughs> um like uh, the churches we are meeting, and I said mm-hmm. Great. Said and you know I noticed that when I was lately on a convention and everybody uh, introduced themselves and saying, "Yeah, my name is Ruth and my my uh, my home group is," <laughs> and I just said, "Damn, it's uh, it's called after after this uh, church," and um, mm-hmm. yeah, well for me i uh, myself, you know, I was thinking um, what I did when I first came to Al Anon. I was uh, uh, when I was younger, I was very against any religion. And, mm-hmm. um, but then I, um, I did some research for, you know, history of art and so on. And so I get more relaxed. I got a scientific view on, on religions. And so, and, and I also see the art and I, um, by studying, uh, the history, I, um, Get an understanding why it was important for people. I still couldn't, you know, feel myself comfortable with religion, but I didn't hate it anymore. And I loved oh. the old buildings. I always loved old buildings. And uh, so I said it was for something good. And um, yeah, and when when I came to Al-Anonis where it was very important for me to to find out if something is pushed on me you know, if I'm forced Mm -hmm. to do something. And uh, so when I see the the 12 steps, I found out that they are quite universal. And what I experienced was that nobody is pushing anything on me. And um, so I I saw I, I can deal with it without any certain God. I can choose it if I want. And for me, sometimes I experienced uh, a meeting when somebody is coming new uh, that they feel uncomfortable talking about God or or using this word, and I said we are using it, and I think it is okay, and of course we can talk to people people and say yeah, you can call it like you like you want, like a higher power, or. Uh, I also explain and and saying higher power can be just your group. It is just something outside yourself. And I I haven't read it so far, but I will this book, Not God. You know, the only thing you have to know, it is uh, that you are not God and that there is somebody else. It is about, you know, reaching out to somebody, to something and to have something more than yourself and, yeah um, absolutely i think this is uh, for me it is uh, sometimes so funny a lot of people who are w- really against religion they're doing a lot of things to becoming part of themselves uh, of something more than, like themselves like going uh, people mm-hmm. going to um, um watching a uh, football you know, they're gathering together and they are having fun together. And they are feeling like, you know, it's being in this big crowd and cheering uh, up their, um, their people and so on. And so I think it is a common experience, a common need. And uh, you just have to be willing to get over certain names and find your own names.
0: Yes. Um, I remembered reading this in the, in the service manual and I found a copy online. Uh, and it's talking about starting a group and there's a section naming the group. Mm-hmm. It, and, uh, it says a group's name should not apply affiliation yes. with any other organization, mm-hmm. uh, including religious or rehabilitation facility, philosophy, religious principle or belief, or any outside literature or enterprise. And, uh, one of my, one of my regular meetings is named after the church it meets yeah. in.
1: And I thought we're the only one. Good to
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I, you know, and I, I read this and I was like, eh, is it, is, how important is it? I, I guess is what I thought. How important is it? And it, I decided it wasn't something that I needed to bring up. Uh, I haven't heard anybody say, oh, I'm not going to that meeting because it's at the Saint Such-and-Such Church, you know. I guess it could be an issue for people. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, other meetings I go to have names like Just for Today, uh, Serenity Seekers, both of those meet in churches. In fact, all of the meetings that I go to regularly meet in churches. And the one meeting that I have gone to uh, sometimes... When I miss one of my regular meetings, it used to meet in a hospital, but the hospital turned itself into a health center and is not open in the evening, and so now that meeting is also a meeting in a church. The meetings around here that most of them that are not at uh, one of these uh, Alano clubs or whatever uh, they're called, uh, they tend to be at churches. Uh, and that's just because that's the spaces that are available but it doesn't mean that we're promoting a religion it doesn't mean that you have to belong to the religion to come to the meeting thank goodness
1: yeah but I think in general it is um I think Germany is one of the very few countries where you um the church gets the money via the taxes you know you have to pay church taxes if you do not refuse and mm. mm-hmm. so the church is here the have the Catholic or the Protestantic church, they have a kind of, I would say, a governmental approval. So mm-hmm. it is also something good. So if people are meeting in a church, it says it is not evil. It is not a satanic sect or something else. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I, I know about uh, some things which happen to people who who really get into so. Uh, into a sect and uh, became mm-hmm. member of a cult and uh, get very ha- harmed due to that. And so it is, yep. even though a lot of people do not like religions and um, uh, so on, they uh, they have a little bit more trust, because they think that church wouldn't allow uh, people who harm other people uh, meet in, in their buildings, you know. Mm.
0: So it's not thought. Okay. So yeah, something else that I've heard occasionally in meetings would are um and this is usually from people who are fairly new to the program and still don't really understand what the program's about and uh, but people start talking about maybe a particular treatment program um that maybe their loved one is in this treatment program and they're encouraging other people to to take check it out and and sometimes it it gets to the point of uh, you know, maybe feeling like, well, what is this meeting about? Is this meeting about treatment or is this meeting about, about Al Anon? Um, and that, that's, I think, one of the, I think that's one of the, uh, outside enterprises that's actually explicitly mentioned in the reading about mm. step six. So we don't talk about these mm. things. And I guess where I often have heard it is, is where somebody is maybe giving advice to somebody else well you should you know you should enroll your child in this program because it's really good or something so that again that it dilutes our primary spiritual aim uh, are there any are there other things that that maybe you have run into in meetings where you felt somebody was stepping outside of uh Uh, the the purpose we were there and talking about something else and maybe trying to sort of promote it or felt like they were trying to promote it to other people in the meeting?
1: Oh, not really promote, but uh, we had a member who was talking about uh, very often where her, her daughter was working, you know, and always naming the company. And, um, for me, I said, I thought also, you know, I felt uncomfortable because next time it was, I think, uh, like this, um, something like, um, no, I know <laughs> I don't mention a company name now, but you know, where, where you have, um, yeah. a lot of, uh, places, same places, uh, um, or same, same kind of shops, uh, from a big company. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I would, each time I would enter it, I would think of of uh, of this other member and think maybe I -hmm. meet her daughter here, you know, and Mm -hmm. so I uh, felt uh, somehow uncomfortable with it. And I talked to her afterwards Mm -hmm. and said, you know, if you're talking about where somebody working or so, please don't mention the company. Or once uh, you know a member said uh, something, asking uh, for for help and advice, and after the meeting I said I, I can tell you where where you can find it, and then she asked, uh, "Are you are uh, connect, connected uh, with it?" And I said, "It doesn't matter, you know. I, uh, you can use it, or you you can check it, or you can check it yourself. It's something you ask for, and I can tell you. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't." want to connect myself to to some other companies um, and I also really don't want to hear it you know because it is uh yeah would uh, distract me from from our aim and I appreciate if uh, people do not really tell their their profession or certain companies or enterprises yeah
0: yeah yeah so um and again that's that's something that happens sometimes Um, where uh somebody might say, Wow, when I came to al I really didn't understand that there was this alcoholism happening in my life, and I work as an alcoholism uh in an alcoholic treatment center or something, and I didn't see it in my own life. And when somebody says something like that, I feel like that's relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. But if they just say, yeah so I'm a psychologist and da 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 and like and and then just talk about whatever I'm like, well, that's you know you didn't have to tell us that, and that biases my opinion of you to some extent because I feel like maybe you're trying to uh, give me uh, the you know the benefit of your experience where I put benefit in in sarcastic quotes here um that that you're trying to tell me that you know more than I do. And that I should listen to you. And um, whereas, if you just share your experience without saying, uh, because it's not relevant, without saying what you are in in you know life outside of the meeting, it's it's easier for me to connect with what you mm-hmm. say. I don't. It I, it doesn't automatically sort of put my back up. Uh, I don't know. Do you understand? Is that an idiom that that makes sense in German? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yes, somehow I I, uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> for me, it's also, (laughs) you know, when I say uh, uh, due to my profession, I have to do this and that, and uh, it impacts me or uh, raises some fears because of of that. Um, I don't have to mention the company, and I don't really have to mention Mm -hmm. what what is my profession and so on. And I I think it's better, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. One of the things that, that I like to try to think about when I'm looking at traditions is, how that tradition might apply to me um, in my personal life, in my interactions with other people, because uh, I have often heard it said that the uh, the steps help me learn how to live and the traditions help me learn how to live with other people. Uh, and so when we look at this tradition, um, what does this, uh, you know, what what in what ways might you apply this idea that uh, of not distracting from primary spiritual aim uh, in your personal life,
1: what spring really to my mind was that I had earlier an understanding that uh, the biggest love and the best relation would be somehow symbiotic or th- mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. that if if you can uh, 't when you don 't have uh, you and me. But it is enough, it is perfect, you know, and,
0: mm-hmm. yes.
1: But, <laughs> uh, today I have a different understanding. And, um, you know, for me, uh, when I was, um, when I was engaged with my alcoholic, and, uh, I was very much in love and, uh, but I always was a very independent woman. But then he, he mm-hmm. went on a travel for, 10 days or so and I said goodbye to him and I was standing there crying and, and
0: feeling oh.
1: really lost and I stand also at my side and said, who's that? Who's that crazy woman?
0: <laughs> it is,
1: uh, But I couldn't help it because I feel mm-hmm. that something, you know, I really felt physical pain that some, something is removed from me you know and I could see it, that it wasn't healthy, but I couldn't help it. And, uh, this, yeah. uh, this was one of my first experience where, where I thought I'm getting crazy in this relation. And to that time, I, I thought uh, that is, uh, uh, the true and the big love and love means to suffer. Real love means to suffer. And yeah, but and now I, I think it is, um, you can stay yourself and uh, it is even better for a relation if you, you are not getting too close. If there's a still a you and me and there's some development and, and you have to talk and to interact with each other to to, to stay in contact and know the other person. Because there are two different persons which are developing uh, their own relation. And it is, I think, something how, um, uh, so essential minding my own business, you know, being, uh, yes, being, uh, my own person and not being so impacted what other people are doing. Because, how shall I say, what's, what's the aim of my life? Or I would say now I, I want, I want to be a happy, useful person if you know what I mean, you know, if it Mm -hmm. makes Mm -hmm. sense. And um, Mm -hmm. when I'm that, I may be also a good friend and uh, a good daughter or whatever, but I'm aiming for that and not thinking I want to be a good daughter or a good wife or whatever to somebody. But I want to be that and then the other things follow naturally. And it is also in small things, you know. Minding my own business, and uh, I think this is what um, the tradition uh can tell us for our personal life, yeah focusing on ourselves that's also mm-hmm. tradition six
0: yeah that's I like that very short version of the tradition mind my own business <laughs> um, there's a, a a bit of a reading in uh, past recovery um tradition six that talks about cooperation there's the words in there we should cooperate with Alcoholics Anonymous Uh and um, this person writes before Al-Anon I thought that cooperation meant that if I were to cooperate with you then I would do it your Uh way if you were to cooperate with me you would do it my way someone pointed out to me that co means with so to operate with another person is cooperating it implies working together With some give and take on each side for our mutual benefit, and you know that's to me that's a a really good guide for most of the relationships that I have with people, whether they're in people in my family or friends or uh, people at work. uh, That we are operating together, we are co-operating rather than necessarily. Submerging myself to somebody else or dominating somebody else. Mm.
1: But also, you are—you are mm-hmm. sometimes wrong. You know, I—I I was a very good oh, yeah. assistant. You know, I was very good in guessing mm-hmm. what other people think. And it doesn't mm-hmm. only drive me crazy, but sometimes I was wrong. You know, <laughs> uh, it comes so because I'm actually not able to read other people's minds. You know, so. Uh, yeah. I, uh, get back to talking and, and asking, can I help you? What can I do for you? Or just waiting if people are asking, you know?
0: Right. Um, and another, um, there's a, a question in the past recovery, uh, that says, asks, am I letting personal problems or successes get in the way of how I treat other people? And that I think is also, this, I think that the, the sort of classic example of that for me is where I might, um, uh, react to something that somebody does, maybe react angrily, not because of what that person did, but because of something else that's going on in my life that is making me stressful. And I take this sort of, it, when, when something happens, that's not related to the thing that's stressing me, I act from that stress, um, which then puts me to a place where I'm going to have to make amends uh, Mm -hmm. because I'm in the program and that's what I do. Uh, And so it's it's about also keeping as much as I can, because again, I'm human, but keeping the parts of my life separate and trying not to bring my personal problems to work and trying not to bring my work problems to home. You know, my family should not have to suffer because I'm having a bad. I had a bad day at work, Uh, and and if I had a bad day at work, and I know it's going to affect the way I'm interacting with the people around me, then maybe I should say, you know, I had a really hard day at work today, and I'm just not feeling like um, having you know time together this evening. I need some time alone to decompress or something. The program teaches me that it's okay to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, to say, look, I, I'm not able to, to be here with you because of something that is going on with me rather than, than sort of hiding that and then having, you know, my son, my daughter, my wife, whoever wonder why is, why is Spencer so grumpy? Um, you know, and my wife will call me out on it. She'll say, why are you so grumpy? I'm like, oh, well, because, You know, this thing happened at work today and I'm still thinking about it and, and, and it's not about you at all. And which is something that it's important for me to say to her. Um, well, okay. Maybe I'm trying to take over her stuff there, but, um, she often takes things as that I'm being grumpy because of something she did or whatever it might be. Um, and, and if she says that, then I can be honest and say, no, it's not about you. Um, I don't, I, I try not to, I try not to be taking care of her and, and doing that sort of before it happens, because then I'm making assumptions about what she's thinking, which is just as bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Getting a little lost here. The, uh, the readings that I looked at today suggest uh, several slogans that are related to tradition six. Keep it simple is one of those. And I think that relates very much to, coming back to the meeting, but also in my life, like, what is it that I'm doing right now? And let's not complicate what I'm doing right now with all this other stuff that's not connected to it, not related to it. Um, I don't know, do you have thoughts on, on any of the slogans or any other slogan that might uh, help connect to Tradition 6 or help you understand a way in which to apply Tradition 6?
1: I think it is, uh, live and let live. Mm-hmm. um for me, it is uh, what expresses uh, really tradition six. But I found something, uh, another sentence, which uh, for me was very important in the reading and passage mm-hmm. of recovery. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, I don't have to carry another person with me to show that I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: it reminds me that, you know, when uh, when I, I want to connect to to, to another person, or I, my experience was, once I was engaged with a physician, and I do not know, people think that teachers and, and physicians know everything. And mm-hmm. it took him sometimes to, to an area where, you know, I was doing things so we can just spend more time together. And I was really informed and trained and, and was uh, doing things in, in this field for years. But you know, me as a woman, I dunno. <laughs> but uh when he says something people say, Oh yeah, that's really smart. Even so I said that uh, um uh, uh, some sentences before and that's a negative uh, uh, example for me but sometimes mm-hmm. you know clinging person and thinking you know if i'm i'm together with this uh, person then i'm more expo- uh, important and i will get some light off those people and just focusing on yourself feeling self worthy taking care for yourself mm-hmm. i think it is also mm-hmm. i would um Connect with tradition six, which is not—I do not know what's, what's the slogan for it. But yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any um, other other thoughts about tradition six that you want to share?
1: I think it uh, it was it. Yeah, mind your own business.
0: Mind your own business. All right.
1: I, I'm not saying that to you.
0: <laughs> no, I know, I know, <sighs> I know. Oh, but it's always it's always good to remember. Thank you for uh, sharing your experience, strength, and hope with me today.
1: Thank you for being here.
0: After a short break, we will continue with Our Lives in Recovery, where we talk about the meetings we attend and about what's happening in our lives. The uh, music break here is Kebmo singing his song, Keep It Simple. It just seemed very appropriate. That's one of the slogans that was referenced in the reading. And it's all about how there's a lot of complications in life, but we can keep it simple and it's a lot easier when we do.
2: Two cars, three kids, six phones, a whole lot of confusion up here in my home, 500 stations on the TV screen. 500 versions Of the same old thing Y'all know it's crazy And it's driving me insane Well I don't want to be a superman I just want to go somewhere Use my hands simple Oh, real simple
0: In this section of the podcast, we talk about our life and recovery. This week, I had promised to finish a piece of work by Friday, and it came to Friday, and it, and it was clear that it, it wasn't getting done uh, in time, although I was making progress on it. And so I just uh, wrote a very straightforward note to the person I had promised it to saying uh, the work is taking longer than I thought it would. The approach that I started with uh, turned out not to be uh, workable and uh, I'm estimating a couple more days uh, before it's actually done. And, you know, he didn't get mad at me. He didn't say, but you promised. He just said, all right, thank you for the update. And, you know, when when we can do that, it's just so straightforward. In the past I might have tried to hide, I might have tried to to make excuses. And now I can just say, look, this is this is what it is. And I'm sorry. And here's here's the new, you know, the new target. And I get this very straightforward response. This is thank you for letting me know. Feels good. Went to a meeting earlier this week. We opened the meeting with a reading from Courage to Change, which was sort of, it started out talking about the social question that is is just part of greetings in, in the U.S. culture at least. We say, hi, how are you? Not expecting to really hear how the other person is. I think somebody around the table said, yeah, the only acceptable response to that question is fine, which is also meaningless. And the, the reading went on to talk about that when asked that question in an Al-Anon meeting, we know that the, the person is really asking how are we and, and is interested to hear. Not It's not the, a meaningless greeting. And concluded by suggesting that when asked the question how are you, whether in a context where the person asking really wanted an answer or not, it was a a useful prompt to sort of stop and, and take a little inventory, say, well, how am I? How am I right now? Because I don't know about you, but I often go through the day sort of unconsciously without really knowing how I'm feeling. And and it's very useful sometimes to stop and say, wait, you know, I'm kind of tired or I'm thirsty and I can I can do something. If I, and if I know that I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, I can be a little more careful. I can be a little more careful in responding to uh, what might be called a provocation. Not reacting angrily, not acting out, but instead being able to pause, because I know that my first response is probably not going to be the best one. So that was a good reminder. It was a very good discussion around the table um, about that reading. The other meeting that I went to this week is a step meeting. We were on step 11. It was there were some very very interesting shares. I talked about them uh, in the conversation with Ruth. And I thought it was it was really neat that we were able to come together and we we're able to talk about having contact with the God of our understanding without having to explain who the God of our understanding is. That we can just talk about how that's working for us or how we're working towards consistently using Step 11 in our lives. So I know that that I'm not perfectly consistent at it. That's for sure. So both of those meetings were, were very, very helpful and uh, had very good discussions that uh, I took a lot away from. Don't have a specific topic set for next week yet, but a topic that was suggested to me recently by I think a couple of different people is this question of stay or leave. Many of us have faced or are facing this question of whether to stay in a relationship with an alcoholic or addict or what sort of relationship to stay in, perhaps. Can we stay in a close relationship or do we need some distance? And I know that everybody's experience is different. I hope to bring several voices into this discussion. So if you've been there or maybe you're in that situation right now, facing that question, please consider contributing by voice or by email. We do welcome your thoughts, and please join the conversation. And for this purpose, you can use the uh, the voicemail number uh, at 734-707-8795, which gives you three minutes to talk. You can use the voicemail button on the website, which gives you a minute and a half to talk, which really isn't long enough, I understand that. Or... If you want to have a more extended um, conversation or if you just want to, you know, you, you want to say something, but it's going to take more than one or one and a half or three minutes, email me at feedback at the recovery com, and we can set up a time to talk by, by phone or by Skype. And that way you can, you know, if you have a story you want to, you want to tell that's, that's a little bit longer, we can get it in. Cause so I really would like to get. Um, you know, I have my experience, but my experience is not your experience, and my experience is not that of of most of the people that I know in the program. And I will be talking to some people locally also to try to get some of their voices in. But if if you've got something to say, let us know, and uh, we'll do our best to uh, get your voice in there. Everything about the show is on our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. We've got notes for each episode. There's a blog, there's links to the music that we play, and links to some other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. Also, the phone number, the voicemail button, and the email address are all on the website. So the only thing you really have to remember is theRecoveryshow.com. Just go to the website and join the conversation there. I want to thank Janet for sending an email with a, a great long list of music suggestions. I know I'll be using some of those in the future. I wasn't able to use your Tradition 6 suggestion in this episode just because it's shorter and we're only having two songs in here. A little bit of news. I heard on the Recovered podcast that he will not be doing his 12-hour podcast this year, uh, which we have been talking about the past few episodes. So that's not happening. You can listen live most weeks as we're recording the recovery show. It really depends on, um, you know, like this week, most of it, I was recorded at another time in a Skype conversation with Ruth, and it just wasn't going to work to, to try to stream that live as well. I will announce ahead of time when, when we're going to be recording live. Just click on the Listen Live button at the top of the page when we're on, and uh, you can contribute to the conversation as we're recording in the chat room on Mixler. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the Recovery Show. We do have expenses. They're running about sixty dollars a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. First, we have a donation button on the website, where you can support us directly, just like Stephen did. Thank you, Stephen. We've also put together a list of recovery-related books. If you click on the books link at the top of the page, um, you see those uh, those books. And you know, suggestions for other books are always welcome. By the way, if you buy any of these books through Amazon. Uh, by clicking on the link on the website, we will receive a small commission. And that's uh, also helpful to us in, in keeping, uh, keeping up with our expenses. Thank you for your support uh, in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. Do tell your friends. There's another form of support. We are here for you. I want to close the show with a suggestion uh, from Ruth by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. It's called Make the Money." And the, the chorus of, of the song is sort of, make the money, don't let the money make you. And that seems really relevant to tradition six that uh, we need to know why we're doing what we're doing and we need to keep that focus and not get distracted by external things like, like money or power or property.
2: Now, this is my job, I will not quit it Pulled me out the depths when I thought that I was finished Yeah, I question if I could go the distance That's just the work, regardless of who's listening Listen, listen See, I was meant to be a warrior Fight something amongst me Leave here victorious Classroom with kids, urban venue performing If I'd done it for the money, I'd have been a fucking lawyer Concrete, bar, band telling stories Humble by the road, I'm realizing I'm not important likes a beautiful struggle I record it Hope it helps you Maneuvering through yours and That's why we stay in the lab at night I've been staring into this pad For over half my life A true artist won't be satisfied So I guess that's the sacrifice And I said Make the money Don't let the money make you Change again And let the game change you uh, I forever remain faithful All my people stay true I said Make the money Don't let the money make you Change again, the game same you. Uh, I'll forever remain faithful All my people stay true Forget about the bang, fortune in the mansion Sitting and tripping, watching myself on a plasma Yeah, I start slipping when I'm thinking about that stuff Ego swollen, until karma catches that up, that up How my grandma's number one grandson I lost myself to remember who that was We start thinking about some kicks, a necklace What I really need is a job off Craigslist Take away the dot com, name, love, fans The Twitter followers and the buzz See, you keep the issues but you take away the drugs. And I had to find out who I really was uh, Who I really was And so sick of who I was becoming Yep, tired of running Time to look at the man in the mirror Until I can learn to love him Make the money, don't let the money make you Change again and let the game change you uh, I forever remain faithful All my people stay true I said, make the money, don't let the money make you Change again not let the game change Of course, I want doves and a candy painted lack. Watch the videos and get the girls in the back. But if that's what I believe in, and the reason that I rap. Uncle Sam is my pimp when he puts me on the track. Of course, I want doves and a candy painted lack. Watch the videos and get the girls in the back. But if that's what I believe in, and the reason that I rap. Uncle Sam is my pimp when he puts me on the track. Make the money, don't let the money make you. Change the game, don't let the game change you. I'll forever remain faithful, stay true, stay true And I said, make the money, don't let the money make you Change the game, don't let the game change you I'll forever remain faithful Stay true, stay true, stay true Forget about the fame I said forget about the fame I'll forever remain faithful Stay true, stay true, stay true